Welcome to Whole Mother. This is KPFT Houston 98.1, Galveston 89.5, and Huntsville 89.7. I'm your host, Pat Jones. Whole Mother is a voice in our community which educates and informs us. There are many decisions to be made as a mother, a father, grandparent, and uncle, neighbor, birthing person, friend. Whole Mother believes that we need to always make our choices out of rational thinking. Choices that are made through education and research, not out of fear, especially fear that is imposed by those who stand to profit by our choices. It is hoped that the education you receive on this show will contribute to changing the way we birth and the way we parent. All humans are born good. I've seen more than 3,000 babies come into the world, and I can tell you there are no bad babies. There are no bad humans. All humans are born exactly the same in their goodness, their innocence, their curiosity, their brilliance, their ability to love and to trust. They're all born the same in the delight in the world, their happiness. It doesn't matter what country they're born in, what skin color they have, what language they're learning to speak, or how much money is in their family. We are all born with the same goodness. We all come into the world with the same potential. If that's true, that all humans are born without hate, judgment, shame, jealousy, then where do we learn those qualities if we're not born with them? Oh, mother's here to look at our parenting, which begins in the very first moment of, of birth. Remember that KPFT is listener-sponsored, and you are the listeners. No corporate sponsorships. That means we bring you information and education that's not funded or sponsored by anyone but you. And we need your help to stay on the air. Please go to kpft.org or call 713-526-5738. Donate, pledge, tip, join. My guest today is Dr. Valerie Akinwande. With 13 years of dedicated experience as a doctor of physical therapy, Dr. Valerie Akinwande is a leading expert in women's health. In 2020, she founded Women's DPT, a venture aimed at empowering women through specialized physical therapy. Dr. Akinwande holds a doctorate in physical therapy, a Master of Science in Biology and Biochemistry, and a Bachelor of Arts in Biology. She spent a lot of time in school learning to what she knows. Her credentials also include the Certificate of Achievement in Pelvic Health and the Certificate of Achievement in Obstetrics from the American Physical Therapy Association, APTA. Beyond her academic and professional achievements, which are impressive, Dr. Akinwandi's journey includes three unmedicated vaginal births, instilling in her a profound belief that all women can benefit from the guidance of a pelvic floor physical therapist. Drawing on her wealth of knowledge, she served as a college professor for several years, enriching the lives of her students. 
Currently, Dr. Akinwandi is actively involved in the community, both locally and online, where she teaches birth preparation and postpartum classes. And she has some classes coming up. We'll talk about that again a little later. Her mission is to impact the lives of 10 million women. <laughs> Makes me want to cry right there. Uh, helping them navigate pregnancy, recover from childbirth challenges, manage painful periods, overcome incontinence, experience pain-free intimacy, and cope with menopause. A passionate advocate for women's health, Dr. Akinwande channels her mission through the Pelope YouTube channel, where she creates and shares valuable content for free. When she's not engaged in client sessions or producing educational content, Dr. Akinwande finds joy in travel and cherishes quality time with her husband and children. Welcome to Whole Mother. We are so happy to have you, and we're so proud to be able to tell the community about you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So um, first of all, what are some common myths and misconceptions about pelvic floor therapy? Well, Pat, there are a lot of myths and misconceptions about pelvic floor therapy. If I had to name a few, one of the ones that I would say that I come across pretty often, especially uh, among women who like to have natural vaginal births, is if I have a Yanni egg or insula chair or any kind of quick fix pelvic floor device, then I don't really need pelvic floor therapy. Those things can fix my problems. Um, and the trouble with that misconception is that any device that offers you a quick solution is never going to be a substitute for a professional that spent lots of years in school through training um, to understand how the muscles and nerves of the pelvic floor work. Um, so, that's a misconception that I feel a lot of people have. Um, also, just not really understanding what pelvic floor therapy involves. So it's a dangerous one to have um, that, and one that just often needs to be dispelled. Um, that, that makes perfect sense that a quick fix is not a permanent fix. Absolutely. Um, and the one of the other ones I get is pain. I feel like a lot of people... When they hear about pelvic floor therapy, they tend to think that it's a lot like going to the obstetrician gynecologist. And a lot of women have pain with, you know, pelvic exams, but going to a pelvic floor therapist is nothing like having an OB check. It's um, much more personal, much more catered to um, what a patient really desires. Um, we take in account what is in front of us and we never do anything without your consent. And so, um, it is very meticulous, but also very careful um, in terms of how we treat people. And there usually isn't very much pain involved at all. Um, the other one, I think, or one of the other ones is perception. I feel like when you talk to people who are out in the community, their perception of what a pelvic floor therapist is, is someone who just has their fingers inside of or looks into a vagina all day. And that is not true at all. Um, as a pelvic floor therapist, that is a very small portion of my job. Yes, I'm certified and I can look at these muscles and tell you a lot about how they function, but I'm a holistic provider in that I'm looking at the social, emotional, emotional, and physical aspects of what a person's health um, 
involves to understand what exactly is leading to their symptoms. And the part about looking into the muscles or filling the muscles of the vagina with my hands is a very small portion of that. Um, one, one thing I hear already is that if that you're going to listen to me, I'm absolutely. going to be heard. Exactly. That whatever is happening with me, uh, you're going to hear what I say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is so important. Yes. Um, and then I, I feel like when I uh, encounter, especially a lot of younger women, um, we, we now live in what I would like to call like a microwave society. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like people think that if pelvic floor therapy doesn't function like a magic pill, you know, something that, hey, once I get in, if I don't get results in two or three weeks, then this is really not worth it. Um, but the reality is that just like anything else in your life, whether you want to be a marathon runner, whether you want to study for a high degree, whatever it is that um, you would like to achieve, most things that have what society views as valuable or even just what what it takes to maintain health, these things take time. And they're an investment and they don't happen overnight. And so um, the magic pill mindset really is a misconception that is birthed, like I said, out of being in in, in a microwave society where you can get on your phone and you can press a button and order something and it comes to your door in the same day. The same is not true for your pelvic floor muscles. These things took time to change and they're going to take time to fix. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes perfect sense. It You didn't get this problem in five minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then the, one of the other uh, common problems that I happen to encounter from patients and clients is if I watch enough Instagram or TikTok videos, then, then I can fix myself. And um, there are a lot of pelvic floor therapists. And um, this is now kind of a hot button topic that more people are becoming aware of. However, if you are not, when what, what happens in your individual body is not something that the pelvic floor therapist online is speaking to. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are speaking to certain aspects of your help that can help you out. But the reality is um, that you can't get everything you need by watching Instagram and YouTube videos. I have, I'll, I'll tell you a story as I had one client who said to me, you know, she had taken, she had signed up to become one of my clients and said, you know, it took her some time to really decide that this is what she wanted to do. And she told me once we had had three or four sessions down, she said, you know, I spent a lot of time on Instagram watching videos and trying to piece together information from a lot of different pelvic floor therapists, but nothing put it together in the ways that you did that has helped me in just four visits overcome my symptoms. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. What I hear is that you get a thorough assessment with an in-person Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other myths or misconceptions? Um, no, I think, I think those are some of the, just the main ones that I tend to encounter. Very good. So tell the audience a little bit about how do you approach assessing um, a patient's pelvic floor dysfunction? And what kind of factors do you consider as you evaluate? That's a great question. Uh, I like to tell people that I always look at the whole person. Mm -hmm. So the most common things that I see contributing to pelvic floor dysfunction and the things that I tend to focus on are posture, the strength in the legs or lower extremities, so hips, knees, and ankle strength, um, rib cage alignment, so basically how your rib cage is positioned over your body, 
diastasis recti, is there a separation in between your ab muscles? Um, and then pain and daily habits. All of these things that I have seen over my years of experience are the biggest contributing factors to what makes a pelvic floor not work the way it's supposed to. So when your posture is poor, um, it basically creates more pressure on the pelvic floor muscles. When your leg strength is not, you know, if your legs are weak, um, specifically the hips, if your hips are weak, then that weakness kind of translates into the pelvic floor. It means the pelvic floor can't be held up the way it's supposed to. And so to me, I like to say the other thing is that every patient is the equivalent to a 500 to a thousand piece puzzle. And when they come to me, there's probably about 15 to 20 pieces that are already together. My job is to put the rest of the pieces of the puzzle together to restore function in their bodies. It's easy to see why in person is the only way that all of that could come together. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, tell us a little more. How do you uh, tailor your treatment plans uh, to meet the preferences or the problems that a patient might have? Okay. Um, every person needs something a little different. So um, even two people who might have the exact same symptoms could have completely different reasons for their individual experiences. I try to create programs for my clients that are based on what they are most likely to adapt as their own way of life. So for example, if I have a client who wants to get back to running without leaking, I'm going to focus on making her strong with single leg activities because running requires standing only on one leg at a time. So most of her program is going to be focused on building the strength of individual muscles in her legs versus if I have someone who, uh, for example, likes to ride horses, uh, I'm going to probably focus more on posture with that patient because she's going to spend most of her day seated on a horse, controlling the movement of that horse and needs to be aware of how her posture and her breathing are impacted impacting her pelvic floor function as a result of that kind of movement. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, absolutely. Um, Makes me want to stand up straighter. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So uh, tell the audience, what are some of the common uh, issues or problems that a patient might come to you complaining about or come to you for a a help? Mm. So I would say... Some of the top five uh, would be like incontinence, constipation, diastasis recti or separation between the ab muscles, Um, one of uh, pregnancy related aches and pains. And actually one of them, they don't necessarily come to me with this, but I tend to find that it is a cause and that is improper breathing techniques and strategies with everyday Mm -hmm. things. So for for example, um, I'll tend to see that patients Going to the bathroom is a moment where they start holding their breath or lift going down to pick up their child. They're holding their breath Um, or just different things that we do every single day. And they they're not mindful until I make them aware that, oh, when I do this, I'm holding my breath and thereby creating more pressure in my pelvic floor muscles. Wow. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. And do you see a lot of problems with women after birth? Absolutely. Um, Those problems can vary 
kind of based on what a woman brings into the birthing process. And so if there is dysfunction in the way she moves before she was pregnant, those things kind of carry over. Um, one of the kind of oddly more common things during pregnancy is if a woman has scoliosis and which is usually diagnosed in childhood, um, pregnancy has, you know, an impact on that because it, there's, you're being pulled forward by the baby growing. And so that creates more stress on the spine and those things don't just naturally resolve. And so that's something to kind of get under control during pregnancy and then also kind of keep an eye on in postpartum. Um, but mm -hmm. one of the most common is obviously leaking or incontinence. Mm -hmm. it, it affects many women um, during pregnancy and I still, to this day, will find that when I talk to most women in the community at large, they deal with leaking and postpartum, and they've just been told that it's a normal part of life, and that's just not true. And so I spend a lot of time kind of dispelling those uh, misconceptions, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, and just helping women understand that that is a common experience, but it is not normal. Very interesting. Uh, another question I have is, when someone comes to you, how do you educate them about their pelvic floor health mm -hmm. and and how do you empower them to take a more active role in their treatment? Because I, I, I can hear that you empower women with mm -hmm. information and knowledge about their bodies and how they can improve. Yes. So I always start with what a patient knows and try to fill in the gaps. Um, that way it kind of helps them see what they do know because um, mm -hmm. Everybody knows something. Um, you may not know everything that you feel like you should, but everybody knows something. And so I fill in the gaps with the things that they don't know. And then I ask about what their preferred learning style is long before they ever see me for their first visit. And I tend to incorporate that learning style into the ways that I present information to them. So I use everything from video to written words to diaries that help track their progress and pictures to help them see the changes of their process of working with me. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of education. Yeah. And I, I mean, as moms, we've, our brains are just so tied up by everyday things that it's, yeah. it's hard to remember. And so these different strategies I find are necessary in just reminding moms that no, you don't still have the problems that you had five weeks ago. And it does feel and look different according to, you know, to what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, because we, we forget a lot of things very quickly. Right. Yes. Yes. Life is too full. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To, to be able to remember everything. Exactly. Um, uh, well, how does a woman know um, that they need pelvic physical therapy after they've had a baby? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my answer for this is based on what I've seen according to the research that's out there and what we've seen as far as like the deficits where women don't get care at all. And so here's a list that I have is if, if you fall into any of the following categories, you need pelvic floor physical therapy after a vaginal delivery. One, if you had a complicated vaginal delivery, any com complications at all, whether it was related to the baby or to you, chances are you need to see a pelvic floor therapist. If you had a third or fourth degree tear to the perineum or any kind of episiotomy where they cut um, the muscle, you need to see a pelvic floor therapist. If you had any kind of operation involving um, the core muscles or the vagina muscles during the, the vaginal delivery, then you need to see a pelvic floor therapist. 
If your baby's shoulders got stuck in the vaginal canal, uh, that causes a lot of friction and torsion to the pelvic floor muscles, you need to see someone. If there were more than three hours of time that elapsed between the time you hit 10 centimeters and the time you delivered your baby, you probably should see a pelvic floor therapist. Wow. Um, if you've had more than one child or if you've been pregnant at four or more times. So those are two different things, right? So if you've delivered a va baby uh, more than once, then you need to see a pelvic floor therapist. However, we know that, you know, miscarriage is a common thing. And so let's say you've miscarried three or four times. Those are signs mm -hmm. that you should see a pelvic floor therapist as well. Wow. Mm -hmm. If you have pre-existing pelvic floor dysfunction, you find that you leak uh, or you um, kind of lack coordination in some ways, you try to run to the toilet and you don't always make it. Um, and that's something that existed before you were pregnant. You should probably see a pelvic floor therapist immediately after delivery. If you're over the age of 40 and this is your first time having a baby, you should see a pelvic floor therapist. If you have a history of incontinence or if you have a history of pelvic pain at all, after you've had a vaginal delivery, you should see a pelvic floor therapist. If you have back pain that affects your ability to walk or get out of bed, those are signs that you should see a pelvic floor therapist after a vaginal delivery. So those are the things, like I said, that are based on research and honestly encompass a lot of women who have vaginal deliveries. However, we don't have that education at large in the community to help women understand that this is something that will greatly benefit you right after you've had a vaginal delivery, rather than leaving everything up to chance. Does it make a difference in, in terms of how soon you see somebody that has had some trauma uh, versus what if I'm, what if it's been 30 years ago or 40 years ago that I experienced this? Is it too late? I love that question. No, it's never too late. Uh, and the reason why I say it's never too late is even if you've had, for example, if you're 30 or 40 years postpartum and you've got prolapse or your uh, vaginal wall, which is basically where your vaginal walls are collapsing and structures internally are falling towards the opening, there's still so much you can learn about how to um, strengthen the muscles of the pelvic floor, how to control um, everyday habits, um, what things are necessary for bladder and bowel health. Those things are all still very helpful, even with deficiencies. Uh, let's tell the audience uh, how they could reach you. I'm sure that we have a lot of people with some interest. Uh, so, how does how do they reach you and where you have some educational things on your website? Absolutely. It'd be good for people to be able to see that. Yep. So if you're interested in the free education that I offer to the community at large, you can find me on YouTube at Pelope. So um, youtube.com slash at Pelope and that's P-E-L-A-P-Y. And you can find uh, lots of videos, educational uh, based free content on the YouTube channel. You can also go to pelopy.com, P-E-L-A-P-Y.com. And that's where you'll find uh, just kind of like my latest and greatest information on developments and things. And then if you want to schedule a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me, you would go to womansdpt.com. That's W-O-M-A-N-S-D-P-T.com. And there's a tab there where you could click to schedule your first appointment and get on my calendar at any time that it's open. And I'll be, I would love to just chat with you. My schedule kind of fills up pretty quickly, but um, I can tend to get pe to people within a couple of weeks usually. Very good. Mm -hmm. um, 
So um, if I'm going, if I'm expecting a baby, is it a benefit for me to see you before I have the baby or? Yes. Uh, this is something that I feel is another, maybe I should have mentioned a misconception because um, I have women who will say to me all the time, well, my doctor or my midwife or whoever is in charge of my care while I'm pregnant says, I I'm, I'm doing fine right now. Uh, I can just wait until after I've delivered to have a baby. But um, one of one of the areas that I have specifically seen that women largely benefit from during pregnancy is even if you can't get a one-on-one -on -one consultation, I've been teaching classes over the last year at the Katie Birth Center on getting the pelvic floor ready for birth. And women have, I mean, just incredible things to say about the things that they learn and the things that they know and how they feel empowered now going into the birthing pro process, understanding how to breathe and how to be positioned, uh, how their spouses can help. These are all things that I teach in a class setting um, to help women feel like you can ask questions and you can um, just be aware of what's coming and know what to expect those first few weeks postpartum when your pelvic floor is healing. What should your um, bladder, how should your bladder be functioning? What your what should your bowels look like? And when do you get back to intimacy with your spouse? And how do you go back into exercising? These are things that most women have absolutely no clue about um, being pregnant. These are not things that your OB or your midwife is going to cover uh, because they're focused on the health of you and your baby. Okay. Uh, so all the things that encompass how your pelvic floor is healing is uh, seen through an expert like me. Very good. And you have some classes coming up, I, I believe. I do. So some of the latest things I'm working on um, is because of uh, the YouTube channel, which we started earlier this year, my husband, uh, because of his encouragement, started that channel and um, kind of saw that need. And so he monitors the analytics of the channel. And one of the things we're seeing is that the impact of the Pelope YouTube channel is reaching countries like India and the UK and Nigeria. And so women all over the world are kind of getting exposed to this content. And so I'm developing or I'm launching an online class on birth preparation, which will go live on Christmas Day um, and just be available all over. So uh -huh. that women, no matter where you live, whether you're in a remote town um, in the middle of East or West Texas or across the country, you can get access to this content and feel empowered and ready for birth. What a gift. <laughs> uh, tell the audience again how they can access that. Yeah. So if you want to access that course, you would go to www.pelope.com and it would um, lead you to a link to register for that class. And for anyone who's listening as a gift to your listeners, um, they would get $50 off uh, by using the code KPFT24. Oh, very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Um, well, I, I'm think this might be one of the misconceptions, but should everyone be doing Kegel exercises? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, what everyone should be trying to do instead is understand, can your pelvic floor muscles fully contract and fully relax? And it's, it's kind of difficult to understand how to do that. So I'm going to try to explain kind of briefly how you would go about doing that. So for if you want to know if your pelvic floor muscles can fully contract and fully relax, you can either grab an exercise or pregnancy ball 
or you can take a full a towel, a long towel, and roll it up and kind of fold it to where you can sit it, sit on it in between your sit bones so that it kind of sits down the middle of the front of your vulva. Um, what you would do then is you lean forward and try to Kegel and then try to relax. And the next thing you do is sit up straight, do the same thing either on the ball or on the towel, try to contract your pelvic floor and then try to relax. And then you would lean backwards and try the same thing. Contract your pelvic floor fully and try to com completely relax. Now, what you should feel in each of those positions is as you lean forward, you should feel your pelvic floor muscles lift away from the towel or from the ball and come down and bulge towards the ball when you let go. You should feel um, in the middle. When you sit up tall, you should feel it right between your sit bones that rise away from the ball or towel and drop down to the towel at the end. And when you lean backwards, you should feel that rise and drop more towards your anus or your rectum. So if you struggle to feel that at all, that's probably an indication that there's some weakness in the pelvic floor. However, if you can feel the tightening, but you can't feel the drop, that may be an indication that there's some tightness in your pelvic floor. All of these things um, are things that a pelvic floor therapist can explore. And the other way you can do it too is as you lean forward, um, or if you just want to lay down on in your bed or on a towel, you can take a small mirror and put it towards the muscles of the pelvic floor, open up, spread the vulva apart, contract your pelvic floor, and you should see the pelvic floor muscles try to come together. If they don't, you probably have some weakness. If you can't see them come together or pull apart, there's some um, coordination issues in your pelvic floor. And all of these things, again, are things that you can assess on your own at home by just looking at a mirror or trying to feel, but there are also things that a pelvic floor therapist can help you identify where your weaknesses or your tightness lies and help you kind of overcome that. And give you a plan. Absolutely. Yes. That's really important too. Mm -hmm. um, well, what are some of the most, some of the common questions that, that people ask you? Oh, I get asked some pretty funny questions. Um, I would say one of them, honestly, which I would say it's kind of sad, but again, this is just where we are as a country. Most people still ask me, what is this? Hey, my mm -hmm. midwife or my provider somehow has referred me to you, but I still have no idea what exactly this is. And so that is, you know, my opportunity to just to kind of explain to them that this is what I do and this is how I can help your particular issues because there's still many people, especially in the, in the local Houston area that I tend to see that still have no idea. I mean, I, I've heard on social media that pelvic floor therapy is a good thing, but I don't know what this means. And so I have to explain to them, this is what it means and this is how it can help you. Um, another question that I tend to get asked so often is, how did you get into this field? Like, what made you do this work? And women will typically ask this because, of course, they start to realize that as they share with me the things that are impacting their everyday life, I get to see a side uh, of people's lives that most people would never know. Okay. Um, and so this is my, this is the time that I tend to share with people or most with my clients that, you know, when I was pregnant for the very first time, and in a very vulnerable situation where I felt like I needed a lot of love and assistance. Um, most people, pregnancy is a contraindication, which means no one wants to touch pregnant people. Pregnant people are kind of kept at an arm's length. And I really wanted to understand why. 
So in the course of developing early on in my professional career, I happened to go to um, a conference and learn about the pelvic floor muscles. And it was, you know, a light bulb went off in my head. And you can say that the rest is history because once I realized, huh, there is a sect of, of this um, world that I already exist in that really helps to educate and empower women during a time where everybody's kind of forgotten about them. Uh, that's just so valuable to me. And so I get to tell that story time and time again, because people tend to ask that question quite a bit. Um, and then the last question is most women, once they come, come on board with me, they want to know how many visits is it going to take for me to get well? And this is kind of, you know, along the lines of what we were mentioning earlier is, you know, helping women understand Pelvic floor therapy is not a magic pill. You are not going to get a fix overnight. However, if you remain committed to the process, you will see change. You have to be committed. Very good. Yeah. Uh, that's the key right there. You have to be committed mm -hmm. in order to see the change. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But uh, how worth it is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. And to hear some of the uh, some of the stories of success and how people's lives have changed mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. And how much more they can do with their life mm -hmm. um, out of this work. Is absolutely. Really, really. Well, um, how do you collaborate with uh -huh. other healthcare professionals? to so, provide care? I love this question. Um, my collaboration really depends on what my patient needs. So um, I collaborate with professionals, every, every, everybody from midwives to chiropractors, doulas, acupuncturists, lactation consultants. Um, my collaboration can sometimes look like a referral with any kind of additional communication uh, based on how the patient is developing. Um, or it can just look like kind of an ongoing thing. So for example, if I have a patient that is pregnant and working with a doula, uh, a lot of times I will communicate directly with that doula that, Hey, these are the strength areas we're working on. And so as she's moving through breathing or whatever strategies with you, when you have your sessions with her, these are the things to kind of be aware of. Um, I'm the kind of provider that understands that every patient has very unique needs and most benefit from having a highly capable team of providers that help address their healthcare concerns. So it looks different for every single patient, um, but it works so well when you have able and willing providers who come together um, to meet the needs of the patient. Is there anything out there that you might uh, give us advice to create that for ourselves because mm -hmm. that's not always easy. Sometimes care providers don't have the time or interest in doing that collaborative work. You know what? Sometimes what I have found is just um, making the time to say, Hey, um, as it relates to what you offer, what can you teach me or how can I help you help your patients? Um, and and just kind of sit and listen to that provider, whether that be over a lunch or just over a simple phone call, a Zoom chat. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes that just looks like 
I would love to share with you how your patient that we share is progressing. And so let me tell you some of the things that have happened as a result of our shared, um, you know, impact on this, on this client. When she started off, she could barely do X, Y, Z. And now she has become fully functional. It's taken however many weeks, you know, and just, so just from another provider hearing those things, it, it kind of gives that encouragement. But, you know, like you said, sometimes it can be challenging. And so if you come across a provider who's just uninterested, don't get discouraged, find someone else. There's always going to be someone who's willing. Um, and, you know, there's a, a small network of us that tend to have, you know, ongoing uh, interest towards the best, what's best for the patient. Uh, we're out there. So just keep seeking. If you have trouble finding or if you run into a wall as one, don't give up. We're out there. That's really good advice. So in, in your experience, how does mental health intersect with pelvic floor issues? This is a good one. Um, and there are so many um, connections to the pelvic floor based on mental health. And I would say just in general, that poor mental health has a negative impact on the pelvic floor. Specifically, when you have chronic stress, it's often linked to tension or tightness in the pelvic floor muscles. I feel like this matters so much for pregnant and postpartum women uh, because these are the women who I tend to meet at the most stressful time in their lives. And so um, carrying a baby for little one, uh, carrying a child, caring for little ones, healing postpartum with minimal sleep. These are all things that really add to a mother's stress level. And so I, I tend to find that I can't treat the pelvic floor muscles without addressing mental health because it's all connected. And so I'm always asking moms about what are the things that are having the biggest impact on your stress right now and trying to help them come up with strategies to alleviate or minimize that stress. So for example, when I'm working with a mom who is say in her third trimester, I think most moms that I've encountered tend to spend most of their energy getting ready for the baby. And I mean, if you're a seasoned mom, you know that, um, Getting the nursery ready is the least of your concerns when the baby arrives, but a new mom who's pregnant for the first time does not know this. Yeah. And so trying to help her understand the things to prioritize and also the community that she needs to build in the process, uh, whether that looks like friends from church or friends from the preschool group who make a meal train so that they don't have to worry about dinners I try to help women strategize postpartum doula, um, get these resources in their pockets so that they don't arrive at here I am leaving the birth center or leaving the hospital with a new baby. And I don't have any plan for the next couple of weeks. I mean, time kind of freezes when you go home with that new baby for the first time. And so if your brain hasn't um, taken the time to kind of work through some of those things beforehand, these are the reasons why postpartum depression skyrockets. So. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So um, for listeners out there that are uh, interested in pursuing a career mm -hmm. uh, in pelvic floor physical therapy, mm -hmm. do you have advice uh, regarding their education training? 
Absolutely. First of all, the first thing I would say for anyone who is interested in getting into this field is you cannot begin to imagine what a rewarding um, and fulfilling kind of career this is. Go for it. Um, Secondly, I would say, as you think about what your education is going to look like, um, understand that you're not going to get a lot of exposure to the pelvic floor necessarily, unless you're fortunate to go to a program that is more focused on that. So I would say take the time in the beginning after finishing um, physical therapy school to go through as much training as you can, preferably with some mentorship if if, it, if at all possible, um, because those things get harder to come by as we get further along. And the other thing is, it's really easy in my field, as you hear people's emotional and physical traumas and problems, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. Um, so if you're not careful, uh, you, you'll quickly become overwhelmed, especially if you work in a traditional setting where um, when I worked at that time, you could be responsible for anywhere between five and eight five and 10 patients a day, which, you know, easily turns into 40 to 50 patients a week. That Mm -hmm. is extremely overwhelming. So I think it's very important to have your passions and your hobbies outside of work and to do those regularly. And for me, as a, as a professional who really values my family time um, and being able to raise my kids, I decided very early on. And thankfully uh, with the support of my husband, I got to have the chance to say, I don't want to work full time in this career because if I if I spend 50 hours a week seeing patients, then I can't give the energy into, first of all, developing patients uh, in the ways that are beneficial to them, uh, that really work well for them getting well fast. Um, And at the same time, I can't be the mom and the wife that I want to be at home. And so in order to carve out that valuable time, my husband sacrificed a lot when my kids were small to stay at home and take care of them. When I went to classes on the weekends, um, when I worked on the weekends or when I worked in between uh, my kids going to preschool, my husband was an avid supporter of me developing professionally, which is really why I get to do it the way I am today. And so decide early how you want to go about doing this career and don't get pigeonholed believing that there's only one way, um, if you can be creative about how you think about wanting to serve your community, you can make it happen. You just have to take your time, train early and and uh, figure out where and what when you want to go and do certain things. Such good advice. And you're such a role model oh, uh, to uh, demonstrating how to put our priorities, our lives mm-hmm. as important. Yeah. Um, Well, let's see. Um, We talked a little bit about uh, new and exciting things that you're working on. Do you want to say a little more about that? Uh, Yeah. So just with the Pelope classes, like I said, I'm um, launching the pregnancy class um, on Christmas Day, and that'll be available. And Oh, yes. Eventually, the postpartum class will also be available um, soon after. But one of the other really exciting things that I have been working on is developing a class for mothers and daughters on the menstrual cycle. Oh, nice. This is just an area that I have seen time and time again. As I um, get to working with clients, um, I see that so many women are not familiar with their own bodies. And that starts 
in childhood. And so if I can, uh, I've created a class that uh, where moms and young daughters can sit together and understand the female body and understand how to care for it well in, in light of a menstrual cycle and, and what products work well and how can we care for our environment at the same time as we care for our bodies. Because we've been taught traditionally that there's only pads and tampons, but there are much better options available um, that uh, many women would highly benefit from, especially depending on what other kind of health issues they might have going on. And so I'm excited about eventually getting to launch that to the local community at large as well. Very cool. I'm excited for you. Yes. You're making some world changes and such wonderful contributions to our community. Thank you. One thing we didn't talk about was um, how pelvic floor issues um, change across the lifespan. If you look at pelvic floor issues and how they change across the lifespan, one of them would be um, in childhood, we typically see pelvic floor issues as bedwetting and constipation. Most of us have had our children wet the bed or be severely constipated. However, we're not uh, aware of the fact that that's a, a pelvic floor issue. And so there are pelvic floor therapists that are that specifically treat the pediatric population without touching them internally, just kind of helping them with strategies and tools and skills to treat the pelvic floor and then overcoming constipation. And these are these often boil down to daily habits. So it's uh, really cool if your child is chronically wetting the bed and they're over the age of six, because sometimes the brain needs time um, to develop before they can kind of consciously become aware. But if they're over the age of six, this is something that a pelvic floor therapist can easily um, get involved and help overcome. In the teenage years, in the teenage years, we, um, that pain or tension pain is in or the, tension is in the, uh, re- related to the menstrual cycle. And then in early motherhood, uh, we see pelvic floor issues as incontinence, um, diastasis recti, which when there's a separation between those ab muscles, it creates more pressure on the muscles of the pelvic floor, which will impact how those muscles can function. Um, and then in the middle age years, when as a woman goes through menopause, the muscles of the vagina start to um, atrophy or thin out, which causes sometimes a prolapse or when uh, the internal structures kind of move towards the opening of the vagina. And so these are things that pelvic floor therapy can help um, patients overcome. Sexual pain is another one of those things. And then in the elderly years, we find that um, incontinence or just a total loss of of bladder and bowel control. These are one of the top five reasons why people tend to seek nursing home care. So these are all critical times in a person's life. So no matter where they are, whether old or young, everybody can benefit from pelvic floor therapy. Yes, indeed. Uh, Let's tell the audience your website again so that they know how to find you. Absolutely. So if you're looking for um, information related to free content, you can go to the YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash at Pelope, and you'll find videos and just all kinds of educational content related to women's health, um, physical therapy. If you are looking to find out about my classes that are offered um, in the online world, you can go to pelope.com, P-E-L-A-P-Y.com to register. 
And then if you are looking for local classes that I offer, how to schedule an appointment with me personally, one-on-one, you would go to www.womansdpt.com and you can find all the information on there to register um, or get in touch or email me, all those things. Very good. Very good. Well, one of your clients uh, is here with us. Um, Emily, what made you decide to have an appointment with Dr. Are you able to hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes. Yes. Tell us what motivated you to make an appointment. Well, after I had my first child, I had a lot of pain and discomfort And I went to an OBGYN who said that that was just normal and part of having a baby. And that that's how life is afterwards. Um, So I lived with that for three years, had a second baby, and then everything just intensified exponentially. I had discomfort, day-to-day life, sitting, laying down. I I stopped lifting weights because I, at some point, felt like, is my uterus going to fall out? And my, my whole life was affected at work, at home, my mental health. I was constantly thinking about it. I went to two OBGYNs who both said that was normal. And then I went to a specialist who told me, okay, well, you actually do have, you know, a grade, a grade one prolapse, but you just need to have all your children and then we'll do surgery afterwards. And I lived with that for another couple of months. And I just could, I I thought I have to find some way to fix this. This is not how I'm going to live the rest of my life. And I luckily had a friend that posted constantly about pelvic floor therapy on their Instagram, which I never thought applied to me because I didn't have incontinence. But I I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. I am going to do this. What do I have to lose? And so I reached out to my chiropractor who I knew had built a big community in Katy and Sugarland area. And um, she recommended me to Dr. V. And I cried on the phone the first time I talked to Dr. V and I said, I'm living with all of this. I just feel every day I think about it all day because I'm in constant discomfort. And um, that is how I found her. Wow. Wow. Did you have any fears about working with a physical therapist? I didn't have any fears. I had, you know, my OBGYNs had almost acted like pelvic floor therapy was, you know, not a sure thing or, you know, they just didn't really promote it. And so that's why I hadn't gone after it at first, but walking into it, I thought I will try anything at this point. Yes. Yes. And how would you rate your current health compared to how your health was before? I told Dr. V when I saw her last week, it is life changing because I don't think about my pelvic floor anymore. Mm -hmm. I can just live my life. The only time I think about it is when I'm doing my exercises, but I am working out again. I'm lifting weights. I'm running, riding my horse, picking up my kids without feeling like I have that pressure and discomfort. So it has completely changed my life. I can just live my life without constantly thinking about it. What a great success story. You have your whole life ahead of you now in a totally different way. A hundred percent. And my husband, of course, is so happy because, you know, it when you're in that constant state of stress, it wears on you. Yes. And he told me he can just tell such a difference because just day-to-day life, normal task, it's there's not that stress on me anymore. Yes. Um, well, 
this is a great um, um, referral for Dr. V. Uh, is there anything else you'd like our audience to know about your experience or? Yes, I would words? say if you feel like something is not right with your pelvic floor area, even if you go to a doctor and they say everything's okay, don't accept that. Mm -hmm. Like seek out the avenues to try to fix it. Because if I had listened to that, my symptoms were just getting worse and worse and worse over time, mentally and physically. Go to a pelvic floor therapist, give them give them an opportunity because not only can you get a, a diagnosis, but you can have a plan to start making things better. So I would say don't wait four and a half years like I did. Um, I could have fixed this so long ago and, and not had all of that stress. So I highly recommend just reaching out and giving it a try. Very good. Thank you so much, Emily, for your testimony. Of course. I am so blessed that I was able to meet Dr. V. I'm just so grateful. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so we're just about out of time now. Would you again uh, tell our audience how they can reach you and uh, any words of advice? Absolutely. So again, if you want to reach me um, on my website to just personally book an appointment or um, see about one of my local classes, just kind of getting involved there, um, you can go to womans, W-O-M-A-N-S-D-P-T.com. Um, and you'll find lots of information there on the local happenings, how to get scheduled for an appointment, and just the opportunity to ask me an e uh, send me an email or ask any questions. You can find all that information there. If you just kind of want to know what all um, is involved or what what it's like to 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 see me or know what kind of exercises I might be recommending, you can go to my YouTube channel and go. It's www.youtube.com slash at Pelope. And that is where you'll find free um, exercise videos. Um, I release new content on that channel every single week. And so wow. there's always something um, to learn there. And if you want to know if there's something specifically that you actually might want to request a video on, you mm -hmm. feel free to email me that as well at womansdpt at gmail.com. Um, and I'm happy to accommodate um, any kind of number of requests there. Um, and then if you want to know about the classes that I have launching online here um, on Christmas Day and in the future, you can go to Pelopy, P-E-L-A-P-Y dot com. And there you'll find the registration link. And like I said, uh, that code that I mentioned earlier for any listener from today is KPFT24 for $50 off uh, any classes in the future. And if you're a midwife or any kind of local community member who is working in the birth world and just wants to reach out, um, exchange information or share ideas, I'm always open to them. You can email me at womansdpt at gmail.com. Thank you so much. We are so grateful for what you do and the changes that you've made for so many people. Mm -hmm. If you want to contact us, and we're always pleased to hear from you, our address is wholemothershow at gmail.com. If you want to hear previous shows, including today's show, you can listen to this show again and many others on wholemothershow.com. Thank you to our engineers. Thank you to EJ, to Edward, to Eric for all your support. 
Thank you out there for listening to Whole Mother. I'm Pat Jones, and this is KPFT Houston. Dreams that you dare to why?